Welcome to the Inner Huddle, a youth football development podcast for parents, coaches, and managers of young aspiring footballers. Your hosts from Pezza Street Soccer are Pez and Jeff. Okay, welcome back to the Inner Huddle, the Pezza's coaching special. Pezza's coaching and mythology special. Uh, or we could go on and on because the part one went on for um, a while. I went on for different <laughs> different tangents and all sorts of things, didn't it? But like I, I said previously, it's because we're passionate about what we do and we've done these because we get asked a lot of questions and hopefully we can point people who have these in future towards either the video or the podcast to answer some of these frequently asked questions. Right then, Jeffrey. I'm a bit lost where we are. You seem to know what we're doing. You've got the master <sighs> list. Question number seven. My son was selected for the Pezzas Academy. We're absolutely delighted and he can't wait to get started. Will he now have to leave the Pezzas Player Development Centre that he attends on Saturdays? Well, no, is the simple answer. It's easy to say because obviously parents have to pay for their child to attend. But the more you do, the better your child's going to be and the more training time and contact time with the ball they're going to get and it's going to accelerate their learning. Obviously, if that's not an option, not everyone's got the money to do all of that sort of stuff, then of course you can leave. You don't have to do them both and you can do one and not the other. Um, We're going to get onto this in a bit, but people that get selected for the academy get selected on their love of the process that we've talked about. So they might not be the best players, but they love training. They love the ball. It tends to be the ones that go, yeah, he absolutely loves it. Dribble a ball all day, or he's always playing the ball in the house, or he's always in the garden. You know, he dribbles the ball to school or whatever it might be. They love the process of the ball and contact time with the ball and training. And they're the ones that we invite into to the academy. It is invitation only at the moment because we want those types of characters. And where we don't have a games programme, we're not competing against other teams there's no egos on the line. We can simply do it on that criteria. Um, we don't have to bring players in to help us win matches to make us look good. Is that the question? Yeah, I think that's well answered. And I would just say that the player development centres and the academies of um, sessions have been designed to complement each other. Yes. So if you can, it's not really a trade one for the other. It's do both and yeah, we, see how far it takes you. We talked about this in part one was about the building of the myelin to the scientific or the science behind how you train and adapt to get good at things. So the more myelin that you can build in your neurological pathways, the better you're going to be. So the more contact time over the ball, the more myelin you're going to produce. Not I want to get too technical. The worst part with it is if a player's coming to the two-hour session on a Saturday and then they leave to come to a one-and-a-half-hour academy session. So actually you're doing half an hour less and our Saturday sessions go all year through, 48 sessions. Academy stops during the half terms because of school closures. So you've got to be careful. You're not a child's just because it's an academy and it sounds good. It's not actually the trade-off is that they're not actually getting as much contact time. And they do complement each other. But you are playing with and against better players, which does have its merits as well. It's not a shortcut to success. No. Can't just throw them in with good and better players and that's the key in the secret. There isn't one, but it can help. Um, so you have to be careful of just sacking one off to do... Yeah, and there's definitely you know, a trend that we're seeing where the players that have had the most perceived success 
from Pez of Street Soccer. Did both. Most of them did both. And even did more sometimes with you in the club environment. And so they were getting sometimes eight to to ten hours a week of of this style of coaching as opposed to the one and a half hour or two two hours a week. So I would recommend doing as much of it as your child loves doing. Yeah, as much as their enjoyment allows. I always have this conversation. And quite rightly so as well. You should be protective of your child doing too much in anything. But if they're loving it and it's not being detrimental to any other aspects of their life, which is the most important thing, um, you know, the schoolwork, the family life, all of those things and character building and things. If it's detrimental to that in any way, shape or form, then you're probably doing too much. If they you know, want to play every day, they're the sort that comes home from school, wants to throw their bag in and get out and play football. Well, then they've got that inside them anyway. So those are the ones that could probably train every night of the week but there is no blueprint you know you'll find a bit of evidence that says doing three sessions a week is too much it will be for a certain amount of children Mm -hmm. and then you'll find kids in brazil and africa or wherever it might be and even in this country now that training every night of the week it's fine for them as well you know it's no blueprint coaches need to know you can't go looking on the internet and put together a formula where you do this 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 and this and you're going to produce that children and human beings are all individual what makes the human race wonderful, you know, and, and that blueprint doesn't exist. So if you one of those people that like and I was when I first started, I searched and I wanted to find a system and a formula where you do this on a Monday, this on a Tuesday, this on a Wednesday. Blah, blah, and then at the end, you're going to have this wonderful team or a wonderful player doesn't exist. You have to look at what you've got, learn bits from everything and find out what works for you. I couldn't do some of these other coaching methods that other people do. And I'm sure it works for them because I don't believe in it not passionate about that and I can't give my all and go all in on something I don't believe in that's me and I don't expect other coaches and managers can do what we do because they don't believe in it they don't get it they don't understand it but you shouldn't dismiss it it's very naive can be damaging to a child if someone gets into their head that it's not good for them or something um it's it's that's not right don't be dismissive of other other people's methods as long as it's fun and it's safe then crack on I've no idea what question we're on Question number eight. Why is what you do different to any other coaching out there? Wow. I feel like we've touched on it um, a fair bit. but Touched on it. It's, um, where have I, yeah, why is it different to what else is out there? The main reasons I always say is pretty much everything else that's out there, especially in clubs and teams, is that it's team training. So there's a lot more to it than this. Just to put it out there as simple terms I can is, if your child goes to only team training, all their coaching and learning is geared towards that group. And how can that group work together to their strengths to beat another group at the weekend? It's as simple as that, really. And they normally only have one hour a week, one and a half hours a week, two hours a week, or if they're really lucky, two one and a half hour sessions a week, if they're very, very keen. It's not enough to improve your child individually. It's just not enough to fill their, fulfill their individual potential. You know, We do things like... We'll have whole nights or evenings where they work on their weaker foot. You're not likely to get that in a team environment because it's too much of a long-term process. So you need to do that however many sessions. Well, that isn't helping you get the ball in the box and put the the round thing in the net to beat so-and-so team at the weekend. Do you really want to beat because last time they beat you and put something on Facebook? It's a completely different mindset to what we do. It's individual training. Most other things are team training. So that's, I'd say, the main difference. Having the current Wiltshire Coach of the Year here helps. Jeffrey, you've got your Level 3 UEFA B futsal and football and all your age-appropriate courses. 
I've been involved with you know Alan Pardew's backroom staff at Charlton Athletic and Southampton Football Club. You know, years of experience to bring to the table, and I study. Well, at the moment, we are on, just started February, and I'm on my fifth book, I think it is, of the year. It's constant. It's relentless. I'm always learning and tweaking things. And it's not just to find things that agree with my philosophy. It's to look at other things and see what bits I can put in that fits into what we do and can help as many children as possible. It's individual. And it's every child matters at Pezzas. Every child. You go to a team, that kid comes in and he's not going to help the manager win a game at the weekend. Probably gets shunned a bit. Even if it's subconsciously, gets put on the bench, doesn't get as much match time as the others. The other kids pick up on it. It's not a nice environment. That child might decide, football's not for me, I don't like it. Might have all the potential in the world. Goes back to that wasted potential again. At Pezzas, every child matters because they love football. I don't know if you want to go into the science behind it. I I think that probably does it enough. That is the main difference of what we do. We spend a lot of time with a ball each. So there's a lot of contact time with the ball. And we maximise the time that we do have. Everything is thought about, from drinks breaks to maximising the time where some go and then some are doing keepy-ups or working on a task. It's everything to improve that contact time with the ball and build that scientific myelin, which helps him improve. I hogged that again, didn't I, Jeff? Uh, you did a good good job answering the question. For you, <laughs> are you going to add anything to that, or did I waffle? It's all mainly based on an individual, and we do use futsal balls in nearly everything we do yeah. and we try and use again that's to maximize contact time because it doesn't bounce off and roll away yeah it's everything's thought about we try and in crude measurement terms try and give every child as many touches of the ball as we can as often as we can really yeah. don't we and we believe that the more touches they get the quicker rate they're going to improve simple way of looking at it yeah we go into such depth we have the seven topics that we believe you need to be a master technician of to fulfil your potential as an individual footballer. I think if a team environment, if they were to split their year down, it would be splitting everything down into team goals and team achievements. And it's not about individuals. Now, I love team training. I played in a team for years. I love the camaraderie. I love trying to win. I was very competitive. Um, I enjoyed it and I loved it. Um, It is a team game. And I think we've got a bit coming up about team game in a minute. But if you're only doing team training, there is a trade-off. You will not get to fulfill your potential if all that you do is team training that, yeah. that's what i believe and people might not believe that and think other things and i'm f- really happy with that but that's what i believe there's a trade-off if you can do both excellent but you should be a massive more percentage in individual training to team training yeah and it it will differ for which ages you're working with won't it so we're mostly talking about year ones to year sixes because yeah that's my specialist age group really i think yeah reception year two if they've had that great start in their football um, pathway once they hit secondary school age then you can start thinking about doing your team training a bit more with those individuals that are the best individuals they can be and that's when the magic really can happen can't it because you've you've given the foundations and getting a group of amazing individuals together is exciting thing to do any manager would rather have a great group of individuals than a solid team yeah there's, there's a big myth and with these questions are all crossing over but there's a big myth that football's a team game all right in essence the obvious yes it's a team game but it's played by individuals they're not robots and the better individuals you have the more successful your team's going to be and i'll argue that i'm blue in the face because it's obvious otherwise the premier league would be full players that weren't very good but it would i was a great team player jeff and i know you were as well i used to get it try and give it i used to work hard but i'm not playing for man united because i weren't good enough do you know what i mean 
Like, you have to be good individually to play at that level and to play in the championship. You even have to be good, you know, to play non-league and stuff. So this myth that it's a team game, so just do team training. If you want to fulfil your potential, your child to fulfil their potential, they have to do individual training. They have to do more. They have to work at their weaknesses as well as their strengths. Here's the other thing you'll hear from other coaches. Go on then, Jeffrey. Go for it. Let's get it all out on the table. Oh, yeah. I'm all for doing individual training, but they do that. They go away and do that themselves. Again, it's very dismissive. How how do you know what the quality is? Yeah, some, how can you some kids it will be brilliant. Dennis Bergkamp probably didn't need a coach telling him to kick a ball at a wall and aim for that brick thousands of times over and over and different over. Different parts of his foot, different yeah. spins on the ball. But in our environment, we can show thousands of different ways of manipulating a ball, and hopefully that child will fall in love with going and practice. So when they do go away and practice on their own, you know the the quality of that practice is. As good as it could possibly be. Again, it comes down to dismissing yeah. an element that we think is really important. It's people prioritising that that's not the priority. What's an easy way around that? Oh, well, we'll give them a homework sheet or we'll tell them to do some toe taps or whatever it might be yeah. at home because that's a little cherry on the cake. Well, actually, myelin building and the science behind it is is your foundation. You know, coordination, balance, movement patterns, all of these things working the balance on both sides of the body core stability you can go on you know can all be done in isolation just saying to children oh we're going to do this here and you need to practice those at home we feel i've heard it so many times from other coaches oh yeah you can go and do that individual training at home that's not we don't mind you doing that yeah as if like it's a bit bit dismissive but again there's always a trade-off and that's Mm -hmm. their beliefs and to be honest it's probably better if they don't do it in their training because they don't believe in it so it's not going to come across it's a bit like the rondo for those of you who don't know what a rondo is, it's the classic piggy in the middle. You have a circle, you have a, a player in the middle trying to get the ball. In this country, it's very dismissed as a little bit of a joke. It's funny, the kids do enjoy it, and it's seen as a little bit of a warm-up when you haven't got space, and again, it's 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 dismissed. i tell you now, the philosophy behind the, the rondo, Barcelona have built a whole academy system based on the rondo. That's their main cake, and then all the rest of it is the cherry on it that's their philosophy it works for them you couldn't get some managers doing their whole training around the rondo because they don't believe in it and it wouldn't work you have to believe in what you're doing so again try not to be dismissive of what everyone else does depends how much time you've got right hopefully that's answered question number eight <laughs> <laughs> why is what you do different to this is hard work isn't it jeffrey question number nine. Oh, go on hit me with it <laughs> i was told that what you do is just futsal and not real football. Wow. I don't know what futsal is, so I'm a bit confused. Can you help me? Can you, Jeffrey? You're Mr. Futsal. Futsal's the only indoor variation format of football that's recognised by the FA, FIFA, UEFA. So when people play indoor football in this country, in the UK, they're normally talking about a big bouncy tennis ball it's yeah. being controlled around your neck most of the time in your chin and not allowed inside the air, goalkeeper's area and it's played off walls and it's, it never goes out of play and it's, it's not really any skill or art or mastery that goes into that, <laughs> is there? So futsal is real football as far as I'm concerned and it, it's everything about real football that I love and it's everything about real football development that I love. Yeah. All packaged into an amazing game that's exciting to watch. It's great to play, and it's great to hone your skills. Yeah, a running theme in this has been about maximising your time. 
and futsal absolutely maximizes your time it condenses everything into a short space of time there's more decisions there's more passing there's more receiving there's more scanning there's more situations we have to take the ball on your weak side you know if you've got more space on an 11 side you can adjust your body to take it on your strong side in futsal you might have to take it on your weak side um, futsal your weaknesses are highlighted instantly if you can't play with your left foot you'll get found out at futsal. If you don't track your runners, you'll get found out. If you can't control a ball, you'll get found out. If you can't shoot, you'll get, you know, everything. And practicing that... shield the ball, if you can't everything. make quick decisions. It's... The only difference is, and if you're playing on a full-size court, you do get it, is that long-range diagonal pass, possibly, which some players have made a career out of, I guess. But pretty much everything else you can get over and over and over again on the futsal court and to me is the best football development tool is futsal and to be honest if you don't know what it is have a little look um you'll see loads of video footage on youtube of it and it's fast and, and it's it, you know if you, physical if you don't want to do that get your child to have a look at what it is and see if they want to have a crack at it kids love it yeah that's the key to it all some of these other things that come up as this is the answer to this that and the other kids fact, will enjoy it have you found a child yet that doesn't love playing futsal no, because it's, it's pure. It's everything you love. There's goals. There's tackles. There's passing. There's skill. There's, you know, you're on the ball for more time. Whereas I remember playing as a kid in the rain, out on the wing because I was a bit smaller than everyone else, shock, you know, waiting for the ball to come to me. Which against weaker opposition, it did. Against a strong opposition, it, it didn't. You know, and it, it could have turned me off. When you think of a pure futsal player playing football, the first one that springs to mind for me is Ronaldinho. And he yeah. played with a smile, with something, that extra bit of flair that, that could do things that no one else could do on a football pitch. So Yeah, there is a myth that futsal's fancy flicks and tricks and it's not. Go and watch a game at the highest level. Yeah. Jeff's a manager of Salisbury United in the National Super League, the highest level. And when I first started getting involved, when I say the highest level, we've got ex-England internationals and we've got current Northern Ireland internationals. And obviously you know more about it than me. It is physical. It helps your fitness, it helps you to look after the ball, it helps you to take shoulder barges and knocks, to look after yourself and every single aspect you can think of, like I said, other than maybe the 40-yard diag switch of play, you can find in futsal. So it just makes football coaching easier because it accelerates it. And then if you're a good coach, you can then take that picture of what you're trying to do and put it in, you know, if you're trying to play possession you can use a futsal ball and let's take that picture as coaches always talk about and that's your training session to do that and you do it in the futsal environment and again you're increasing maximizing your time and i have put here that we do do eight months futsal indoors and then we do go out for four months in our player development centers and our academy to mix it up a bit and give them that balance so that we do do some non-ranging passing with normal footballs yeah and there'll be skills that transfer from futsal into football but there'll also be skills that transfer from football into futsal. Yeah. So there's no harm in doing both. If you want to be a futsal player or if you want to be a football player, there's people that have made a very good living out of futsal that started off playing football, and it goes both ways. Yeah. We only ever seem to talk about it going from futsal to football, but you can actually play football, come across and do all right in futsal, as, as long as you're the right type of player, I guess. Yeah, well, I imagine by the time some of our younger ones get up to that sort of age, if they haven't gone completely to the level they wanted to get to at football, we'll switch across to play futsal. We'll probably make a living out of futsal, whether in this country by then or yeah. abroad. 
Um, I think America and Italy and France, have they got professional leagues where they, they pay them a bit of money. Yeah. And yeah. even in this country, there's teams in the National League that you're competing against that, that pay quite good money. If, if it was your dream and you dedicated your life to it and made the sacrifices, you can go and make your living out of futsal, for sure, whatever path you want to take. But, in essence, we use it as a football development tool, don't we, in our player development yeah, I, academy. I still think it's, most people come across futsal as a football development tool, and then there's very few people that then go on to become futsal purists. Yeah. Um, I mean, is, you prefer futsal to football, yeah, I prefer football to futsal. I only ever came across futsal because it was a football development tool and I could see all the benefits you would get as a football yeah. coach by doing futsal um, but I just fell in love with the game and it's taken over for me but it's one of those questions and this is why it's been asked really and we get it a lot it's because a parent will look into bringing their child to us they'll already be at a club they'll go and ask their manager oh we're thinking of taking to that Pezzas what's that all about and they'll go oh that's just futsal that's indoor game yeah it's fancy flicks and tricks and they'll completely dismiss it and it might be that that kid would have loved it first and foremost and become a better player for their team and gone on to maybe fulfilling their potential. And just that castaway comment, it's just yeah. futsal. It's, you know, this is about educating people, I guess. I know some adults that I played football with that were very, very good football players but would never come and play futsal for my men's futsal team because they say, oh, I'm not that type of player. I, I couldn't play yeah. futsal. And I'm thinking, actually, there's every type of player can fit into a futsal court formation and we could find a way if you're a good player you'll be able to yeah. play futsal and I always think that if you're a good futsal player you'll be able to go and be a good football player if you're a good football player it doesn't necessarily mean you'll be no because it highlights player. your weaknesses yeah. so if you've been a centre forward who fries off crosses into the box yeah. then you might struggle making that transition to futsal but I still would because it will make you better yeah well, it'll add so much to your game unbelievable in your build up play or in your movements or your, even a player that's been out injured for that match sharpness that you can never get until you played a match yeah. come do some futsal training if you want your match sharpness back yeah that's oh, a great, goodness. great idea never even thought of that one Jeff right what question, number are we on question number 10 your favourite number isn't it number 10 number 10 so I'll ask it then wow this is another biggie I better ask it because you're the boss <laughs> ok go on then are you selling the dream do you know what I can see why this impression would be given. We are not in the football business. We are in the people business. I picked that up from somewhere. I'm not going to take that quote all by myself. But um, but yeah, joking aside, I can see why that is thrown at us. We have had 20 players sign at professional clubs. And do you know what? Quite rightly, we're proud of it. And people often level at us that we don't make as big a deal of that as we as we possibly should. But we're not selling that dream of getting into pro clubs because... It doesn't bother me. It's nice to prove that our coaching syllabus works, but the coaching syllabus is one part of it. You know, the environment that we create for every child and improving children's lives, all of them on and off the pitch, that's the main things. Um, okay, some have gone on, some have gone on to play. You know, got international call-ups. I honestly believe that at least one or two within the next five years, maybe longer, looking at the age groups, will go and play professionally or in the Premier League even or certainly represented their country at some youth level. And those are sort of the sort of things that we do tend to put on your Facebooks and things like that, because we are proud of those. But I'm every bit as proud of the kid that comes through the system, goes and gets a sports qualification, and then comes back and starts working for us, like Jacob did or someone like that, you know, and some of our junior mentors. I'm every bit as proud of them. They've achieved what they've achieved as those other ones. But we get sucked in sometimes to 
having to prove that what we do isn't just what we talked about, the cherry on the cake of fancy things. She's like, no, it does work. It does work because, look, this guy signed at Chelsea. This one signed mm. at Southampton. This one's at Yeovil. This one's at Bristol City, wherever it might be. And, you know, I think it's nine different clubs, is it, or something we've had over the 20 different players. Um, and some of that's because of our previous questions, which are all trying to... myth-busting, aren't they? We're trying yes. to prove ourselves because of all these myths that are out there and these non-believers almost. Yeah, what we are selling is the process. The pro clubs and all that is an outcome. Um, if you get the process right and you've got, you know, there's loads of things that go into it as well. A bit of luck, a bit of opportunity, um, a lot of hard work. You know, it's it's not a given. We don't sell that. Um, it is a possible outcome, whereas there are lots of other outcomes. But we're selling the process and the process that's been well thought out, studied, years and years of... I was going to say use the word study again, but research and constant trying to improve it. That's what we sell and that's what we charge for, is for them to come and get that expertise for your individual child. Because there are lots of great people out there that do football coaching for free. Okay, Some level ones, level twos, UFBs, they're in the world with a club and they are wonderful people that need all the help and support they can get. Um, because without them, there is no game. I get that. I don't like any sort of bitterness that oh, we're doing football coaching for free because what we do is specialised and has come on the back of years and years and years of studying research and putting things together and working out what works and what doesn't and it's an individual training programme which is our complete uniqueness because not many other places do that you know and to be honest not a lot you know there's a group of people that probably don't even know that they want that they just think oh he likes football we'll get him into a team and that's enough it is for some aspects, but if you want your child to be the best that they can be, then they need individual training. And it's it's on and off the field of play as well, isn't it? I'm such a massive believer in helping children with other characteristics, like a growth mindset that they can take into school, how they deal with adversity, challenges, difficult tasks, you know, which helps them not have anxieties when they're older. It helps them to be confident. Those things are so much more important to me that's what PESA stands for. So much more important to me than a kid playing in the Premier League. Honestly. And that's, I hate to hate the word selling, but that's what we do. Yeah. It's not about the dream. It's, it's just what we think sometimes that some people want to hear, I guess. It's very different. It's measurable, isn't it? We've got 20 at these pro clubs. Four of them had international honours. It's measurable. It's a bit like goals at football. It's measurable. Yeah, but we've, but, ne- we've never said if you put your child in here they're going to end up there no um so we're not selling any dream at all we're just trying to provide the best possible coaching environment we can for any kids that want to come along to pairs of street soccer again the problems will come when a parent's pushing the dream isn't it it's not us selling it it'll be a parent that's chasing something yeah we've definitely w- had without the, all the hard work and sacrifice and the time yeah. put into it we've definitely had parents put their kids in because they think coming here is going to be a shortcut to get into that outcome yeah. Definitely. I mean, if you want to get to those levels, there's so much sacrifice and dedication and effort and hard work to achieve it that you can't, there's no shortcuts, is there? That's the um, iceberg illusion, isn't it? Or the the pyramid where you see the the success just at the top and then it's the whole process is the the bit that's under the water. One of my favourite things about sport, though, is it doesn't matter how much money you've got, you can't buy those hours and dedication and those sacrifices right. and saying no to your mates when they're having a night in on the xbox or something and you're going out training or whatever it might be i, I love that about sport it doesn't matter what your background is you can 
probably find a way. Yeah, so selling the dream, absolutely not. But I can understand why when we do celebrate some of these successes that people will will see that. And I'm sure there's people that have done that in the past that you get compared to. But we can only talk for ourselves. We do what we do. And it is about every child fulfilling their own individual potential and being good people. That's what we want. You might not always play football forever, but you're always going to be a person. So let's be a good person. Teach them good values. That's what I'm into. I'm into that more than football, massively. That's changed over the years. The more I've been involved in this, the more I realise I'm into child psychology and helping children develop off the field of play more than on it. Which might surprise a few people. Well, that's a question number 10. Yeah, that didn't go too badly, did it? Question number 11. This is going to be an easy one, so I'll ask you. (laughs) Are your holiday courses for everyone? Yeah, every child in the area that can get there between the ages of school year one and six. Yeah, although we do do an elite training camp in the summer for children in school years six to ten. And last year we had professional footballer Andy Reid on it, a football psychologist or sports psychologist who was working at Portsmouth for the time, but now at Brighton, Betsy Tuffery and Terry Anderson, a fitness and nutrition specialist. So again, to try and give children a complete package that they could come away not just being better at football. They had tips and advice on health, well-being and happiness. And our one coming up in the summer, depending on when you've listened to this podcast, but the summer of 2019, 2019 August it is, Tommy Gentleman has, um, has said he will come and, and, and be one of our special guests. He was a, a well-being life coach. So to give children some inspiration, some motivation in their general lives, not just football. Because like I say, it's the most important thing to him. He was our first ever guest on a radio show as well. He was the first ever guest on a radio show and a very good friend of mine who absolutely helps me out a lot. Looking Um, forward to that, I didn't know that. But in, well, yeah, I only found out last week. Breaking news. Breaking news right here. Again, if you're listening to this in (laughs) 2050 or something and we're all long gone, yeah, you missed it. But anyway, (laughs) in general, school years one to six, every single school holiday... We do a holiday course and they are great fun and they are for everyone. I think a lot of people think they're just for our inner circle, our Peasant Street sort of, absolutely not. They're for everyone from those ages. doesn't matter what ability, we design them so that everyone, to fit in with our philosophy, which we've talked about, so everyone gets something out of it. There's fun games, there's matches, there's tournaments, competitions and, you know, it's, but it's not always like the best players that win. It's all very well thought out, isn't it? kind of everything I love about Pez of Streets soccer because it is so mixed ability but that doesn't matter with us because you're an individual working at your own pace and your own speed with your own individual challenges as you go along whereas if it was another traditional football coaching camp you'd kind of want children of all similar abilities so that they could do those types of training um, sessions but yeah they tend to be one or the other you either have like an elite camp which obviously we're doing for older kids but where you just want you know, the kids who play all the time to come as a training camp. And then you've got your other side of it where everyone just comes for a little bit of fun. Mm. Now, you can have both. And I think that's what we do brilliantly by years and years of practice. I've been doing them in football pool, Southampton Football Club. I did my first one in 2002, I think it was, down in the Southampton area somewhere. It's been a long time I've been doing these. I think we put on a pretty good show. We always hire in a special guest or an inflatable or a special signed shirt or a signed picture of a famous footballer. We, we really try and put on a good show, don't we? Yeah, they're great. We love them as well. The hard work, 
Yeah, but you also genuinely see an improvement in the children that are on those yeah. holiday courses. It's, it's not just babysitting it, and people might think that because we just yeah. said it's mixed ability and that's what we love about it. You, you know, if you've got a kid that comes regularly to your Saturday sessions or your academy sessions, you'll see a massive marked improvement in that child over because a week. Because of the contact time with the ball. Yeah. And the very essence of what we do means you can have mixed ability groups, which is how I wonder on some other holiday courses how they manage it when they have kids who haven't played before with kids who might be of academy level and you're putting them in together. It must be difficult. But with us, with the ball each and the individual philosophy, we can do it. It take a very skillful coach to put on a session for someone at the lower end of the spectrum and someone at the high end of the spectrum and someone in the middle without using our coaching system. That's the most difficult part about coaching full stop. Yeah. I believe, especially in teams and, and this sort of environment as well, getting that balance right. Because you end up going somewhere in the middle and you, you don't end up helping anybody. No. You know, that, that's the problem. That's the natural thing to do. Right. Yeah. Get yourself booked on any of our holiday courses on PezzaStreetSoccer.com. They're all on there. How does my child get into your academy? What number is that? Twelve. Number twelve. So, Jeffrey, how does my child get into your academy? This is the Pezzas Academy. So all of your coaches at Pezzas Street Soccer have access to request forms. Recommendation forms. Recommendation forms. And we can fill one of those out at any time, hand it to you, and they've got three boxes and it can say at academy level, or we believe they're at academy level, working towards it, and you can then make a final decision on that, or we can get them in for a trial. Yeah. Um, We pretty much never... We might call it a trial, but it's not, is it? We're pretty much dead sure that that child's got the attributes that we want them to be there and it's not to do with football no it's that they love the game and they're going to get something out of it it's actually us giving something back more than us trying because we're not building a team we haven't got to get the best players in to win a game so it's you're going to get something out of this or we identify a child that i tell you what you might be in an after school club holiday course from one of our player development centers you think this child will get so much out of coming into this environment with similar children of the same mindset, a growth mindset to training and the process, and they love the game, you're going to get a lot out of it, so we'll invite you in. That's it, in a nutshell. It's not about building an elite centre or anything like that, because there are some children who, if you were going to win games, you'd invite in, that haven't been invited in, because actually, they don't like football as much as they think they do. They like the idea of winning and competing and scoring goals, but you have to be in love with the training to get into our academy. And... and Again, you can be seen at our player development centres, after-school clubs um, and holiday courses. And from there, our pathway club is Southampton Football Club, of which I am a scout. So the ones who do excel in that environment, we do have the ability to then recommend to go to the next development stage, which um, for us is Southampton Football Club. But um, we're actually, and I think we're going to get onto it a bit later, we're going to invite other scouts in this year or season, however you want to call it from other different clubs to to have a look at the children it's very difficult for me being a scout i've been a scout for what two and a half years now at southampton and i develop attachments to children and that's very difficult to then sit back and have an unbiased opinion because i'm emotionally involved because i like that child and i've worked with them for years um so i've asked the scouts and the coaches at southampton whether they'll come in and watch our sessions to to back up what I think or to tell me what they think and just to give another set of eyes on it. Because there's been the amount of times when I thought maybe a child is good enough to go to that level, but I'm so attached to them and I like them so much, I don't want to put them in that environment needlessly yeah. if they're going to 
not succeed. I don't want it to do any damage to them off the field of play. So I am very protective. Some children think they should be scouted by me and things like that. And it might be. I just really like your child too much and I don't want him to get hurt. And that's probably not the best place to be. So I think it's a great idea inviting in other scouts to get a second and third opinion on what you already think because it takes your bias out of it, which, again, is kind of what we're all about, isn't it? It's... Yeah. I mean, I've been working with some of these kids for five or six years and then to think of them going into an environment which is really, really tough for six weeks for a trial and going and playing against inner city teams and, you know, big, strong lads and not their nice, you know, they go to a nice little village school and they've been quite sheltered and all that kind of stuff and throwing them into that environment, I I get a little bit worried for them, to be honest. So I need that feedback as well from other scouts and I'm going to do it for other teams as well. So obviously Southampton be my preference. They can come in and have a look and either I can say have a look at this kid, this kid, this kid. I can just stand back and let them make up their own mind and we'll talk afterwards. We'll have to sort that out. Um, And it'll be a bit of both, to be honest. And then we'll invite other clubs in because it might be what one scout doesn't think is right for their club could well be right for another club. So that's something we've done to improve our academy this year. Right. Shall we conclude there for this part? Have a bit of a break, Geoffrey. We've added quite a bit of value. Yes, please, boss. Okay. So... (laughs) Thanks for listening to part two of The Inner Huddle and we'll be back with part three very soon. The Inner Huddle from Peza Street Soccer.